The text that calls for our attention this Lord's night is Psalm 51, that penitential psalm of David. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What is it that Jesus wants from you this Lent? What is it that God desires from you during this 40-day journey towards Easter? Lent, for many years, has been spoken of and celebrated as a time of intensified prayer and charity and fasting. So is that what God wishes from you during this season of Lent? Is there a certain amount of prayer that you can offer up and therefore know that God will be satisfied? Is there a dollar figure you can set aside to give to the poor And that will make certain that God thinks well of you. Are there a certain number of hours that you can refrain from eating that would make sure that God is perfectly pleased with you? After all, I'm the one who gave you the little checklist on the back of the psalm we just read that speaks about how you might approach things like this during Lent. So am I trying to tell you as your pastor that those things are the things that God wants most from you this season? Well, no. As we'll talk later, each of those disciplines is good and certainly can be something we make a focus during this Lenten season. But if any of those things get sort of out of place in terms of priority, then they mean nothing. So what is it that God wants from you in this season of Lent? What is it that should be your first place priority? Well, tonight let us ponder the words of King David that he crafted many years ago being carried along by the Holy Spirit. In what we know as Psalm 51, David speaks about what it is that God wants from humanity. Not only just in Lent, but throughout life. And what is that? Well, he wants a broken spirit. The spirit of God, in the verse that we read just a little bit ago, said it this way. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Psalm 51, you remember, is that great hymn of repentance that David sang in humility before the Lord after the prophet Nathan had come and revealed all the things he had done in regards to Bathsheba and her husband Uriah, one of the 37 greatest warriors of Israel. Yes, the prophet Nathan had revealed in just a moment that David was in fact a tyrant, a murderer, an adulterer, a thief, a deceiver. And all of this ultimately because he was a coveter. He was one who did not place God first and therefore was an idolater. The prophet Nathan swung the law of God at David with great force and it shattered any appearance of righteousness he had had before. In response to this assault, David knew what kings often did when prophets came and revealed sin. 
King David could have put on quite the show of repentance in the temple. Being king, he could have sacrificed hundreds, if not thousands, of animals to give the impression of remorse. And to some extent, everyone else would have agreed. Had he done so, it would have been appropriate under the guidelines of the law. But David knew, indeed, in that moment, that that was not what God had wanted from him. God did not want a performance of repentance in the temple. But what he wanted was true repentance in David's heart. He desired in David a broken spirit, a contrite and broken heart. And that's what he sent Nathan to produce in him. And why was it that God wanted this most of all? Well, because God loves broken spirits. He treasures broken and contrite hearts. And not because he likes seeing people broken or contrite, but because it is his joy to make the broken whole. Have no doubt, though, the process of becoming broken is never pleasant for anyone. The Hebrew word used here for broken is a word that speaks of something being shattered into just a thousand pieces. Indeed, that is what happens when God's law hits us head on. It's one of the reasons why Lutherans throughout the ages have likened the law to being the hammer of God. For you see, when God swings his law, we end up broken. And we don't just get our egos bruised a little bit and end up with some sort of false humility that maybe makes us do some vain act of repentance. No, when God's law strikes at you, it breaks you completely. It's not about you being able to stand, far from it. You literally can't even hold yourself together. You're in pieces. You're like a fragile piece of clay that has been struck with a hard metal object. To the eyes, there is no hope for you. You are broken, irretrievably broken. No one will be able to put you back together again. But it's okay, because there is one who can put you back together. It's okay because a broken spirit is what God wants from you. No, he doesn't want you to put on a show and act as if you're whole. He doesn't want you just to say the right things or do the right things because it's the right times. No, instead, he wants you to simply admit that when the law comes, it reveals that you are broken. And at best, we broken ones can barely whimper up from the ground the Kyrie. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. But even if we can't even get that much out, our God sees us and he comes to us in our brokenness and he makes us whole. No one else could do so, but God does. He did it for David, not only forgiving him, but making with him an everlasting covenant. He said that he would send one in David's line who would actually heal all the brokenness of the world. David's, yours, and mine. That's how God dealt with David. It's how he intends to deal with you throughout your life. As we're going to talk about this year in these midweek Lenten services, there is to be in our life a constant cycle of confession and absolution, of us admitting our sins and God forgiving them. Yes, it's just how it works, you see. You sin, God then reveals 
that that is sin through his law, and it breaks you. Hopefully then you acknowledge that sin before the Lord, and he forgives you in Christ, and you are made whole. That is what God wants from you this Lent. Confession that flows from a broken spirit. That's what God wants to do for you in this Lenten season, is give you forgiveness and life in words of absolution. And once you're restored in that way, well, then the rest of the Christian life can resume. Prayers can be offered. Love can be shown to all, especially those in need. And fasting can begin to help us remember how good we truly have it. But never leave behind the basic cycle of confession and absolution. Don't say, my sins aren't that bad. I'm pretty much whole. For that's the evil one's lie. And don't think, well, I'll just come forward and get my ashes because it's the day to do so. That's just vain ritual. No, instead, hear the law. Let it break you, as it will. For know this, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart he will not despise. In fact, far from despise, he loves the broken spirit. To the broken comes wholeness through Jesus, by his death, on account of his victory, for you, in Lent and always. Amen.